Good morning, church family. Let's stand to our feet.
with me When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know And I won't be shaken I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your I'm not afraid to leave my past behind No, I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Shout it out, come on!
Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness this morning, God. We thank you, Lord. You don't have to be afraid.
church is prison this morning. We stand in love, not in fear. Amen. Good morning, Julia. Well, good morning, church family. You may have a seat. Welcome. We are so glad that you are joining with us today. Uh, my name is Julia. I am the young adult minister here. Um, lead the well for Tuesday nights. And I just want to say welcome, welcome. If this is your first time, I want to encourage you um, to get connected with us. And there's two ways that you can do that. Please stop by our welcome desk out in the atrium. We have a gift just for you. Or you can text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our digital connect card. And if this is your first time or you've been here for a while, that's a great way to send prayer requests. Let us know what's going on in your life. You can also text that same number and text the word news. That will pull up our digital bulletin. So a lot of the things that I'm saying this morning, if you forget about them or you wanna know what else is happening, you can text news to that number. Now you may have noticed I brought a little extra prop with me this morning. We are getting ready for our new building for family and children, and we are going to have groundbreaking on the 18th. And in preparation of that, we have collected some fine goods around the church. And if you've ever noticed the two garages or the pink house, they're the first ones that are going to be demolished. So we are having a rummage giveaway on September 16th and 17th. So you too could go home with a Sony CD and tape player, amongst other goods. Donations are welcome, and they will go towards our 4G campaign for the building. So that'll be September 16th, September 17th. So many goodies. Stop on by. You too could have something like this for the rest of your life. Also, on the 16th, ladies, is our Flourish event. I am so excited. Um, there's information in the atrium. You can get invite cards to invite all of your friends, your neighbors. Ladies, you do not want to miss it. It's going to be an incredible time. We also have a class that's coming up. If you're new to the church and want to know more of what's going on, on Sunday the 11th during the 9 o'clock hour, you can attend that class and get to know more about our church, what we believe, what we offer, and what we're doing. And last but not least, Wednesday nights, we have our kids' praise, our youth, our Bible studies, and if you haven't found a place to get plugged in, this Wednesday, we're having a night of worship over in the sanctuary. I hope that you'll join us. Now, Pastor Jeremy. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to uh, pray for our for offering that we, that we give every week. There's three ways that you can give. We don't pass the plates anymore, but you can give online. You can go to our, our website, and it says give at the top. You can also text the word give to the same number that we text all of our news and connect and that. So it's a 904-441-6900 and that'll pull up a little URL and then you can click that and you can give there. Or you can um, just drop a check or, uh, or something in the, uh, in the uh, boxes that are in the atrium on your way out and those kind of things. And our church is so good at being generous and it, is, it carried us through the pandemic. Your generosity um, has, has brought us through that and into this great building campaign where we're building a new building. And um, student ministry, um, and I'm in charge of that, um, is benefited from that. We have students coming over here every week. They're going to be there at 1030, and we um, are looking forward to a new space, and it's all because of your generosity, and I want to thank you for that. But the cool thing is, is that if we just gave money, it's just worldly stuff that is a vapor, goes away. 
So that's why we pray over it, because we want God to use it and do something that only he can do. Because it's more than just giving our money. It's that's our heart. It's what God, God wants our heart to be dedicated to him. And so as we give every week, and as you give so faithfully and you're so incredibly generous, we pray that God will use it for his glory, not ours, to build his kingdom, not ours. So will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you so much for the blessing, the opportunity to come to this place, to to gather together, to encourage each other, to love on one another, to sing your praises corporately to let our hearts try to bless your heart, to sing these songs to bring you glory. And we come together, we learn about your word, and we experience you and your Holy Spirit and the fellowship, all of that that we gather here for on Sunday. And as we give our tithes and our offerings, Lord, we pray that you will use it to your glory, for your will, not ours, to build your kingdom to reach people that you want to reach. So God, we pray that you will do what only you can do and bless these tithes and offerings. Multiply them for your glory. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Thank you. You'll come and be a part of that. Because two weeks from today, two weeks from today is groundbreaking. Yeah. Praise God. Two weeks. I mean, I don't know if you understand this, but this, this became part of our stated vision in 2014. So this was, this was eight years ago when we said, this is where God is leading us to go. Eight years ago, we stated it. But, but I want you to know, even longer than that, 20 years ago, I remember that it was a dream that we could have safe, secure uh, space that's designed for family ministry and children ministering. And so here we are two weeks from today. It's groundbreaking. We're going to meet at 11.45 a.m. So we have another service after this one, 10.30 to 11.30. And then after that, and so some of you go into life groups. And so that day, be sure you go to life groups so you can stick around. Or, and then at 11.45, we're going to meet behind the student center. And we got, we got 20 people. They're going to be turning shovels. We have 10 shovels to do it all at the same time. It's going to be real short, brief. And then we have photo booths set up where you can take a real shovel and you can turn it over, get a picture of you in front of the banner, turning that shovel. We want you to be a part of it. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited about it. You ready? Okay. Amen. Amen. I'm ready for this. Hope you'll be there. And then let me tell you, afterwards, the next day, things are going to change around this campus. And let me ask you, three weeks from today, bear with us. Be patient with us. Hang in there with us. There are going to be 14 months of challenges, okay? There are going to be 14 months of finding a good parking space. But I want you to know, we got a lot of space all around this property. You might have to park farther away. But would you hang in there with us? Hang in there with us financially uh, and help us as we get to that building. We want to have as little debt as possible. Praise God. Maybe be, no, be debt-free by the time we get into the building. Yeah. We want that, so we're praying for that. Hang in there with us. Hang in there with us uh, ministerially because there will be a challenge for 14 months. But let me share with, you, share with you this. I believe that perseverance leads to the promise. 
perseverance leads to the promise. And God's going to get us through this. So, hey, uh, I just, I'm just grateful for the day. And uh, God's going to do some, uh, some amazing things. But perseverance and faith brings us to the promise. And that is actually the message I want to bring with us today. You know, we're in this series. We're calling it 517. 517 comes from John 517, where, where Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, hey, my father is working until now, and I am working. I'm, I'm just going to join God in what he's doing. And what we're doing throughout this series, we are storying through the Bible. We're trying to give you the big picture of what the Bible says and help us to understand and to remind ourselves that what God did, he is still doing. God did not go on break. God has not retired, okay? God is not dead. He is still doing what he has been doing. And so, you know, we're, we're talking about things how in the beginning God created, God is still creating, He's creating new hearts. He's creating new lives. You know, we, uh, Pastor Sam gave an amazing message that God get, gave hope. When sin entered the world, death entered the world, sickness entered the world, God gave hope. God is still giving hope. And today what I want to talk to you about today is the fact that God, he, he, he has made promises to us. He is making promises and he is keeping promises. That's what we're going to be looking at today. So he makes promises to you and to me. Sometimes we don't see him keeping promises. I think that's because we do things and we think things that prevent us from seeing and noticing what God is doing. But God is, God is keeping his promises. And we're going to talk about this as we talk about a person very important in the Bible. His name is Abram. So would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? This is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. You think Abraham's back in Genesis. I want you to know Abraham, he's, he's, he's talked about over and over and over again all throughout the Bible. Why? Because it's a very important part of what God did. It's his interaction with Abraham. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the remarkable way that you interacted with Abraham. And Lord, you gave the covenant and you are keeping the covenant, Lord. And you are sustaining your people and the promise, not only to this day, but all the way into eternity. And Lord, help us to receive your promise. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. Because God said to Abraham, Abraham, this man called Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you, I swear to me. Okay, he's God, so I swear to me, I'm going to help you. Uh, in the big picture, if you're not familiar with the story of the Bible, it starts with creation. God's creating. Then we went to the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, there's a paradise, and Adam and Eve were there, and everything was perfect until sin entered the world through Adam and Eve's disobedience. And then God gave hope. And then, then we're going to come to Abraham, but in the meantime, what happened was, the population of earth grew and sin grew, and it became so bad. It became so bad that God said, I, I got I to gotta press reset on this. I got to start over again. And he brought a flood, and he, and he redeemed humanity through a family named Noah. So this is after Noah. Abraham is after Noah. So Noah came, and, and uh, he and his family, they survived the flood, and, and the family grew, and they went their ways, and and then uh, we know that mankind, again, became very powerful and proud, and they thought that they could 
they could be as, as good as God and they built the Tower of Babel and God separated them this time. He didn't destroy them. He separated them by language and they all went out and they were divided up that way. And then we come to Genesis chapter 12. We come to Abraham and Abraham was a descendant of one of Noah's sons. One, he had, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The son Shem, Abraham was a descendant. Shem, uh, we hear he's, he was a Shemite, or we might say Semite. He was Semitic. Anybody that is, a, uh, uh, that is Semitic, and we talk about Jewish culture being Semitic, okay? Jewish language and culture, that's an, an ancestry, that that is Semitic. Well, Semitic means you are a child of Shem, the son of Noah. One of Noah's three kids. And it's, it's really more inclusive than just Jewish culture. It includes Arabic culture. It includes all those people in that area. So, so Abraham, he was, he was Shemitic. He was Semitic, okay? And, and Abraham's family, they lived in, in what is now southern Iraq, a place that was called Ur back then. And, and, and Abraham's father moved the family northwest up to an area in southern Turkey, a place called Haran. And that's where Abram heard the word of God, and God made a promise to Abraham, and he made it over and over again. So we're looking at three places, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and Genesis 17, okay? But what he did, God made a promise to Abraham, and God kept his promise. So the first point I want to make is this. God is our promise maker and our promise keeper. Both of those are important. God is our promise maker and our promise keeper. God made a promise. Uh, often with Abraham, we use the word covenant, but that's a special kind of, of promise. That covenant was pivotal uh, at the point of history of the Lord's interaction with humanity. And God, through Abraham, he made promises to us, and God is keeping his promises. Amen? God is keeping his promises to you and me. So let's look at those promises. This is Genesis Chapter 12, verse 1, and this is what it says. Now the Lord said to Abram, that was his name then. His name's going to get changed. I'll talk about that later. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. And make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So all the families of the earth. Who does that include? That's all of us. All of us are blessed through this promise that happened in Genesis chapter 12. This promise that God made that, that through Abraham we're going to receive some sort of promise, some sort of blessing. And so when God said, I will bless you. And to bless really means to be on the receiving end of God's good words, being on the receiving end of God's good favor and God's good works. So that's what it means to be blessed. So we're on the receiving end of, of the good things of God, and it all starts with the Lord. And that's the key. God's promises always start with the Lord. They don't start with us. They start with the Lord. God promised Abraham that through his descendants, the world would be blessed. God set the terms. And in every promise, God's the one who says what the promise is going to be. But, but to take God up on those promises, Abraham had to pull up stakes and he had to follow the Lord on a lifelong journey. Isn't that like life in Christ? If we want the promises of Christ, we got to pull up stakes and we got to follow the Lord on a lifelong journey. Okay. And we have to follow him, you know, 
Anyone who wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That's what we do. We, we pull up our stakes and we follow the Lord in a lifelong journey. That's how we receive the promises. And the costs can be considerable, but the promises are far richer, okay? But it takes faith. It means I'm going to believe the promises, the terms that God is setting. I'm going to follow the promises. And all the promises are defined by him and they are fulfilled in him. So we need to rely on him as the promise definer, okay? He's the one who, who defines those. So rely on him. Rely on the Lord as my sole promise definer. I just believe that so many of us don't understand the promises of God or don't feel like we're being blessed by God because we try to define what the promises should be. We need to say, this is how God should be blessing me. I think that's, that's a problem. So rather, we try to make the promises ourselves and we say, this is what I think a blessing is going to look like. And God, I want you to live up to my standards of the promise. That's backwards. That is backwards. We got to rely on him as the promise definer. And rather than trusting God that he knows what good things we really need, and he knows in order to have the most fulfilling life on earth and into eternity, he knows what's best for us. We don't trust him. We say, Lord, let me set what the promises are going to be. And we're not relying on God as the promise definer. We're relying on ourselves. You know, Jesus is not Santa Claus, right? And we're spiritual people. We know that, right? If we want a blessing, we know we're not going to go to Santa Claus. But sometimes it's like Christmas. And we're not going to go to Santa Claus. We're going to go to the manger scene, okay? We're going to pick up Mary, that little figurine of Mary. But we're not going to talk to Mary because we're Baptist, okay? <laughs> we might put Mary in the drawer somewhere. We'll pick up little baby Jesus and say, Jesus, I want a red wagon. I really want a red wagon. I need you to give me a red wagon. And if you ever want to see your mother again, <laughs> it's like we try to blackmail God and we can't do that. We can't blackmail God. No, he says that we don't negotiate with him. The blessings start with God. We got to trust him. He'll tell us what he's going to bless us with. And what can I rely on God to do? Another place in the Bible where it talks about Abraham is Joshua 24. The, the, the people of Israel, the children of Israel are getting ready to go into the promised land. And in Joshua 24, verse 3, this is what it says. It says, then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I think this is a good picture for what God does with us. Then I took your father Abraham. God takes us from beyond the river, and he led him through all the land. And God leads us and made his offspring many. And God makes the promises happen. He takes us, he leads us, and he makes the promises happen. If we'll only just rely on him as one giving the, the promises, okay? Now let me tell you another way I think that we fail on, on receiving the promises of God. I think sometimes we try to find spiritual happiness and joy we hear his promises, but we try to fill them in our own power. We try to fill them in our own path, okay, to spiritual fulfillment. And if I am trying to, to build a, a, a life that is spiritually fulfilled, I want, I want that inner peace, and I try to do it away from God, it's going to be a house of cards. It's going to lean. It's going to fall down. It's just going to tumble down because there's no foundation. Spiritual 
Spiritual promises have to have a foundation, and the only spiritual foundations come from the Lord. Listen to this. This is Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, God, every promise that God makes, that's a blessing. A blessing is another word for a promise, God's good word, God's favor. So every spiritual blessing, and that includes the blessing with the covenant of Abraham, every spiritual blessing, it finds its fulfillment where? In Christ. In Christ. See, the promise that was to Abraham, that he was going to be a father of many nations. He was going to bless all the, all the families of the earth. It's because Christ is going to come. Every spiritual blessing is fulfilled in Christ. That's the starting place, okay? Blessings start with God, and they end in fulfillment through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's my next point. You write this down. Seek Christ, and I'll find fulfillment in his promises. Do you want Do you want to have the promises of God in your life? It has to start somewhere, and it starts with receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord. In Christ is where every spiritual fulfillment is going to be found. Faith is in Jesus is what puts us on the receiving end of all the promises of God. So when God invites you to receive his promises, are you ready to receive him? Are you ready to receive him? Some of you today, you know, you came here, I don't know why, but you came, maybe it's habit, maybe other people wanted you to come. You come to church. And you don't know if you believe all this stuff that the crazy preacher is preaching from the front here. You don't know whether this is true or not. Well, let me tell you, until you receive Jesus Christ, there's no way. There's no way you can receive the promises of God. Because they all start with receiving Jesus Christ. Every spiritual blessing is found in Christ. And if you've not trusted him yet, I, I just encourage you, this moment, this day, trust him. Here's what he does. He forgives your sins. Everybody here, we are all sinners. Look around, just a bunch of scumbag sinners. Every person here in this room, that's us, okay? None of us deserves to go to heaven. But you know what God does? He makes us righteous. He, make, he cleanses all of us. So you, you say, I'm not good enough to go to heaven. That's okay, none of us are. None of us are. But he makes us righteous. That's the promise that he gives. If you'll trust him, you trust him as Lord, you trust him as Savior. You, you pull up stakes and you follow him. And you know what? He gives you forgiveness and he gives you life forever with him in heaven. So it starts with life in Christ. Okay, so don't hesitate. Don't negotiate. Don't blackmail. Don't waver. Just follow him. And that's how you're going to find the promises of God. Now, let's move forward. I want to move to Genesis 15. If you got your Bibles, turn to Genesis 15. And this is perhaps as many as 12 years later, okay? And the Lord... Uh, again, declared his favor on Abraham. And, and in Genesis 15, the first few verses, Abraham is complaining to God. He's saying, I still don't have a son. My, my heir to my estate is going to be my servant, Eleazar. I don't have a son. So he's complaining. And so this is 12 years later, he doesn't have a son. And then uh, in, in verse 6, um, we see that first uh, God assured Abraham, yes, you will have a child. It'll be actually your child. And it says in verse 6 that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. This is the place where God declared Abraham to be righteous. That's the righteousness that came to Abraham. And so anyway, um, and he credited him as righteousness. And then if you skip down several verses down to verse 12, you see the promise again. But this time the promise is curiously dark. It's curiously dark. Look, look at verse 12. 
As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord speaks to him again. Listen to what he says. The Lord said to Abraham, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs. <laughs> They're not going to have a home. And will be servants there. And will be afflicted for 400 years. What kind of promise is that? But I'll bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. And for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And then, then he goes down and, and he uh, talks about the promise even more into detail of the land and that sort of thing. But in verse 12, God revealed a prophecy, a vision of the future to Abraham. And it came to him in darkness, okay? Uh, a dreadful darkness came on him. And the prophecy, it described homelessness, enslavement, exploitation, uh, mistreatment, all these things. You're the promised people, okay? You're the people of the promise, well, the chosen people. This is what you're chosen for. Uh, and even among the special people that God loves, dreadful, dark times sometimes happen. But notice that the dark times are temporary. Notice he says, after four generations, you're going to come back and you're going to receive the promise. See, in two generations from this passage, two generations, Abraham's grandchild, the whole family is going to be moved into Egypt and they're going to be in captivity. In two generations, God has promised you're going to be great. But in two generations, by the time he has grandchildren and those grandchildren have children, they're going to be in Egypt and they're going to be enslaved, okay? And... Uh, but they're going to come out because God's going to use that time to forge the family into a mighty nation. And so, and so the point I make is this. Trust God. Trust God. His faithfulness is constant. Circumstances are not. Circumstances go up and down. They are that way for the people of Israel. They are that way for us. The circumstances go up and down, but God's faithfulness is steady. It is constant. So you can trust his faithfulness. Bad times do not indicate that God is mad at you. They don't. I remember coming back uh, off an airplane and getting in a bus, and, and, and a fellow told me, he's the bus driver. I just had a few minutes before he took me to my car, and I was the only one on the bus at the time, and I just, we just had a little conversation. And he said, God hates me. I said, no, God loves you. No, he said, God hates me. I know when he told the circumstance he's going through, a parent had died several years ago, and he's in a job that he doesn't like. I said, I, I don't know your circumstances. I wish I could change those right now in these few minutes that we have, but I want you to know, know this. God loves you. And God is faithful. And, you know, he is faithful and constant. Um, you know, Genesis 15, it's kind of a repeat of God's promises that Abraham heard 12 years earlier. It's still going to be another 12 or 13 years before, before he sees that son Isaac. This is like halfway through. So there's a long time. But God's faithfulness is constant, okay? Hebrews 6, this is the Hebrews 6, that first passage we look at, verse 4. He said, surely I will bless you, multiply you, and thus, Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Have y'all ever, ever talked to Leslie Hunt about her story? Y'all know Leslie Hunt here on staff? Leslie Hunt, she's our connections minister. And, uh, and she connects people. You know, you put in a uh, connect card. She's the one who makes sure that no one gets uh, falling through the cracks. And she does such an amazing job. I want you to know, uh, several years ago, about three years ago, uh, two or three years ago, uh, she got that, she got that diagnosis, cancer. 
And you know, you think God, you think, you know, God's not showing blessings. She has testified over and over again that that's when God showed his power through her the most, to her the most. I, I invite you, go talk to Leslie. Go talk to Leslie. She'll talk to you about how God uses you. And the circumstances were kind of tough there for a long, long time. But now God's using her in an amazing way in a cancer support ministry, using her in an amazing way. Uh, you know, just because you're going through a bad time, it doesn't mean that God's faithfulness is gone. God may be preparing you for amazing, powerful things in his name. So i like to encourage you, never doubt God's love and ability. Depression both economic and spiritual, they come and go, but the promises of God are steadfast. You know, he says, give, the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever, forever. Last passage I want to look at. This is a Genesis 17. When Abraham was 99 years old, God first made the, the promise to him when he was 75, you know, that you're going to have a child. Now it's 99 years old, he still doesn't have a child. Okay, when, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. And Abram fell on his face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of a multitude. You're now, your name is now father of a multitude. Uh, and uh, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I'll give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. And so here's what happened. God not only made him a promise, God changed Abram. He didn't just change his name. He changed his name. He changed his name from Abram to Abraham, but he didn't just change his name. He changed who Abram was. And this is the point. When the Lord enters your life and you receive the promises of God, expect to be changed. Expect to be changed. Expect transformation. These passages I read, they encapsulated a time of 25 years. 25 years. And God changed Abram to Abraham. He changed him from childless to the father of kings. He changed him from nomad to landowner. He changed him from unfaithful to faithful. And whenever the Lord enters our lives, he changes us. Are you ready to be changed? Are you ready to receive the promises that God has for you? He's going to make you into a new creation if you'll only let him. So the question I have for you, God is our promise maker. God is our promise keeper. Are you ready to receive the promises? See, it begins with a journey. How's your journey? How's your journey? Is your journey with God? Are you willing to pull up the stakes and follow him uh, to the ends of the earth? Follow him wherever he's leading you? It starts with God. What is God trying to start in your life today? Is God trying to do amazing things and you're sort of saying, Lord, I don't want to do this yet. I am not ready yet. If God is telling you to start, don't negotiate, don't waver. Let him do something great in your life. Are you ready to be transformed? What needs to be changed? You know what happens? When you put yourself in a position of receiving all of God's promises, he will change you and bring blessing to you they will not only impact you, 
It'll impact your family. It'll impact your community. It'll impact your future throughout your whole life and into eternity. Are you ready to be transformed and receive the promises of God? Are you ready to receive the promises of God? Church, don't let another day come without receiving all that he wants to give to you. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I'm going to ask a, a, uh, the Lord to bless you. Lord Jesus, I ask a blessing on us, a people, Lord, a people, Anastasia Church, Lord, a people that are called by your name, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for families. Lord, I pray for people. Lord, help us to receive your promises. Lord, we know you want to pour your blessings out on each and every one of us. And in the power of your name, Lord, help us to surrender and receive what you want to give to us. Lord, help us to follow you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord, whenever we receive a blessing, to you all the glory. To you all the glory. And Lord, make your name great. Make your name great. Lord, if someone needs to come forward to pray or to receive you in power or to take a step of faith, Lord, don't let hesitation win. Don't let, don't let fear win. But Lord, let your promises win. And to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If God is calling you, you come. You come. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness.